welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. You guys are incredible. I love, love, love your worship, just setting the tone for tonight. And, and I heard this is the crazy crowd tonight for some reason. I don't know. I don't know if it's all these youth here or whatever's going on. Um, I heard some incredible things are happening with you guys. And uh, I just look forward to bringing a message to you guys that, that uh, I hope will ch- not only challenge you, but uh, just encourage your heart uh, no matter what you're going through in life. This morning we talked about how the love of God just connects us and how that connection uh, creates a clarity. And, and, and when, you, when you can see clearer, uh, it gives you a confidence of what, uh, of what your next steps will be. And then not only a confidence in that, but it also brings brings a courage, courage to face anything in your life. And so I'm super excited about, about bringing this to you tonight. I have my wonderful wife, if you guys weren't here this morning, my wonderful wife over here to my left uh, of 33 years. Yeah. She's had to put up with my uh, shenanigans all these years, and so I'm, I'm so happy that uh, she has. And I have two, uh, two incredible young men um, what, 27 years old, and yes, ladies, they are single, if you're asking, um, 27 and 23, but the 27-year-old is, uh, he is a nurse in an emergency department, uh, and Johns Hopkins, uh, downtown in Baltimore, and uh, he, he does incredible stuff, and so uh, he sees a lot of craziness in Baltimore, and my 23-year-old, uh, oh, there they are, there, there they are, and so my 23-year-old is over uh, by my wife, he is in the 82nd Airborne in the Army, and he is going to be in Special Forces, and so he is a, quite a tough, tough guy. Uh, he did not get that from me. He got that from my wife. So, um, but uh, but yeah, that's my family there. Um, love them so much. And so, let's get into this. I want to talk to you tonight about the power of adversity. The power of adversity. And uh, I know that I've I've flown all the way from Baltimore, uh, Maryland, to uh, share uh, share this with you. Um, about the power of adversity, and you're like, man, wh- why did this guy come all the way from Baltimore to tell us about more adversity? Like, we need more adversity in our life. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's uh, it's always something going on in our world, right? It's something going on in our world. There's something going on in our culture, our government. There's so many different things that are that are taking place. There's so much adversity around us, but. But when I think of the when I think of adversity, I think of uh, how our thoughts go, where our minds go. Because if you can't control what you think, you'll you'll never uh, you'll never uh, live the life uh, being in control. And so you'll if you can't control up here. You can't control out here. We talked about that a little bit this morning. If if the atmosphere of anxiety is in you, then the atmosphere uh, uh, of anxiety is is around you. And so when it's around you, that means you're giving life to it. It means you're feeding it with something. And so we went through a couple of things this morning about that. But uh, one of the things that I feel that as followers of Jesus in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus, that we have to protect our minds when it comes to this. We have to protect our mind. 
Jesus combated the enemy, Satan himself, in Luke's gospel chapter 4. And he said to him, he says, listen, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He used God's word, his living and active word to combat the enemy. And if we, if we don't know, and it's why it's so important to dig into God's word. And it's so important to, uh, to uh, refresh your, your, your time with God and just set aside some time and just read God's word and allow it to refresh your soul and to give you life because, because God's word is, is so living. It's so active in us. It wants, to, it wants to set your mind in the right place. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? It just sets your mind there. So it's really about protecting our mind and, and setting our mind. It's kind of like a thermostat. Whatever you set it to, you're going to get back, right? Whatever set your mind to is how you will live your life out. And so the enemy did not get you to your state of mind today. What I want to share with you, too, is that your best thinking got you where you are. People arrive at their destination based on what they believe to be true in your life. If you think it's true, then it must be true, and you start to believe it, and then you start to live it. So if you see yourself as a failure, then you'll always live out your life that way. You'll always set your, you always, you will sabotage your life to fail consistently. Because if you see yourself that way, you believe that to be true. But I, I think that's a lie from the enemy. And we talked about the two voices this morning, did we not? We talked about the two voices, the voice of the serpent and the voice of God in our life. Because the voice of the serpent will always promise you more while delivering, you, delivering less to your life. He always delivers less while promising you more. So we have, to, we have to set our minds on this. And we are what we think and, and how our minds uh, wrap ourselves around what, what is true in our life. And, and even if it's not true, right, it's, it, it starts to become what they call a stronghold. And, it, and it's really a deception. We're, we're deceived by, by how we think. Even though it's not true, we'll buy into that and it starts to become a stronghold. And then that stronghold needs to break off of your life. And I just really believe the only one that can break you free of that stronghold in your life is Jesus. There's no other way but his way. His ways are not my ways. His ways are higher. His thoughts are not my thoughts. His thoughts are higher. And so in our life, whatever I starve dies, and so whatever I feed thrives. If I feed my life full of lies and deception, if I feed my life things of, of our mindsets of failure and, and fear and anxiety, and if I feed my life that, it, it starts to thrive in my life. But if I cut that feed off, right, I starve it out of my life. Come on. Come on. Some of you people, you know, you diet and you do all those things. And, and, uh, and so whatever you feed thrives, whatever you starve dies in you. So sometimes it's just a matter of just dying to what my desires are. 
and allowing his desires to be planted in your heart and your life. When you allow that, he, he starts to, to transform you not from the outside in, it's from the inside out. And that's what he desires to do. He desires to bring healing in your life. And if you always have a mindset that you're always going to be broken and that you're always going to be sick emotionally or even physically, whatever you feed thrives. But if you do the opposite, you use God's word, it starts to transform you. And it, and it takes you from a place of, of being sick, emotionally sick, physically, to a place of wholeness again. This is what God wants to do. He wants to do this in your life. And so I think a lot of people, when it comes to developing a relationship with the Lord, um, we, start to, we start to think that, man, if I come to Jesus with all of my stuff, that all of my problems are going to be over. That's a lie. <laughs> and I don't know who, uh, if anybody's ever fed you that. Uh, I pray that they haven't. But, but what I do know about adversity uh, in our lives, because we've all had adversity. We've all had something that's happened to, to us, whether we've done it to ourselves. Come on, come on, young people. You know, sometimes the, the adversity that you face, you've actually done it to yourself. Come on. Come on. I, I've, I've lived long enough on this planet to know that I've done most of the adversity to myself. You know, uh, it's not the enemy out here. It's the enemy in me. <laughs> it's, it's the enemy inside of me. It's, it's me that's doing it. And so a lot of the adversity that, that we face and we think that if we come to Jesus, all of that goes away. Because adversity, really, when, it, when we have to embrace the thought that actually adversity is the way. Because adversity is a state of continual uh, difficulty in our life. And I know that we don't like to hear that. I know that we don't like to embrace that. Nobody likes to go through something. If, if, I, if I told you today, listen, you're, you're going to come to Jesus and uh, there's going to be even greater adversity in your life. Who would want to do that? Right? Who would want to do that? Well, you're going to face adversity anyway, so you might as well face it with the one who can bring hope in the midst of a hopeless situation. You know, when you face adversity, you, 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 want, to, you want to know that there's an end result to this thing, that it's not just there to uh, beat me up and leave me battered, broken, and bruised. No, he, he does something in, in us so that we can continue to grow in him. And so there's growth that comes through adversity. Some of you guys look, you know, pretty. You guys, any of you guys work out? You look like you work out. You look, you, you work out? Yeah, you look, a little bit? Yeah. yeah. You look a little buff. Yeah. Yeah. So when you work out, when you work out, there's a lot of sore. You know, you get sore, right? Or are you too young to get sore? I mean, I walk up the street and get sore now, but, you know. You, you, get, you get sore, you work out, you know, and, and what it does, it starts to rip your muscles and all of that, you know, and, and then so they can, it can do what? It can grow. It can grow. And so that's what adversity does. It, it's painful in the moment, but it helps us grow. It helps us grow. And so when I, when I look at this, when, when adversity teaches us to trust God in the moment, 
Hebrews chapter 5, Jesus learned obedience through suffering. And I, I promise you, if Jesus learned obedience through suffering, then guess how we're going to learn. We're going to learn through suffering, through adversity in our life. I love what Romans 5, 3 and 4 says, Troubles produce patience, and patience produces character, and character produces hope. You see, God never obligates himself to a life of perfection. And the goal is not comfort for us, but the goal is character in your life. The goal has never been comfort. If, if, if I got up on stage and said, listen, you're just going to live a life of comfort. Uh, you're going to serve Jesus with all of your heart, and it's just going to be so comfortable. It's going to be so awesome. It's kind of like the seats you're sitting in. They're nice and padded. Listen, I grew up in a, grew up in a church decades, and I mean decades ago. I'm not going to tell you my age, but decades ago where there were wooden pews. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh. Wooden pews, they were so painful. You actually, when you were a kid, you couldn't even sleep on wooden pews because if you like slipped off, like banged your head, you know, you got a big old pop knot on your head and, and it's like, man, you know, there was this just hard wooden pews. I grew up with wooden pews. So, it, so if I said to you today, listen, you're gonna, when you come to Jesus, you're gonna be, it's gonna be so comfortable for you. It's gonna be so easy. You'd be like, sign me up, pastor. Sign me up for that. But it's not. Because life happens. Whether you're serving Jesus or not, life is going to happen. And we're going to need someone greater than ourselves in those moments to bring us through the adversity. Because the Apostle Paul said, troubles produce patience. And patience produces character. And character produces something that you cannot buy with a credit card. It produces hope in your life. Produces hope. Adversity teaches us really to trust, to trust God. And, and the goal was really to, to grow us up in this moment too, right? Because diamonds are formed in, in pressure of 825,000 pounds of pressure uh, per square inch. And, and so when we look at this, that every problem that we face in life has a purpose. It's just a better way to look at it. That every situation we find ourselves in has a purpose behind it. Whether we put ourselves in that moment or whether life just happened, regardless, there's a purpose in it. And God is trying to teach us something through it. Listen, we're all going to face the storms of life. That's why I love bison. Uh, bison, they're like, they're, they're buffalo. They're like buffalo. And in, in the plains, uh, in the States, they, I, I love them because they're fierce. They're fierce. Because uh, buffalo will not run away from a storm. Like other animals hide. They duck and hide. They, they get into their, uh, their holes in the ground, rabbits and all these other things. And, but, but a bison, what a bison does is he leans into the storm. He faces the storm. And when the storm's coming to them, they, they run into the storm. And when they run into the storm, they know the shortest way out of that storm is to lean into it. 
And so when you're facing stuff in your life and you're facing storms and adversity, it's not to run away from it, but it's to lean into it and to lean in into Jesus, not, not run away from him. And like pastor said, unplug from him. No, 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 no. Let's not unplug. Let's plug back in. Let's stay connected to the creator. He's going to lead you through it because there's character behind it. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 3 and 5. This is what I love about Scripture. It just kind of helps us with moments like this, with adversity. And uh, I, I love, I love what, how Jeremiah frames this and what he, how he talks about God in this moment. He says, I went down to the potter's shop and found him making something on his wheel. Now, what I want you to understand when it comes to uh, pottery and things like that, when, when he's talking about the wheel, the potter is the one that is pumping the wheel. And making the pottery spin. Okay? So, so his, his foot is on the wheel. And, and I watched that the clay vessel in his hands became flawed and unusable. And sometimes we feel that way, don't we? We feel flawed and unusable by God. God qualifies the called. Even when you feel unusable. Even when you feel like you've fallen short. God is still working in your moment. He says, and, and as I watched this clay vessel in his hands become, became flawed and unusable, so the potter started again with the same clay. This is, this is what I love about God's heart. Like, God just doesn't throw you away when you're flawed and broken. He wants to take you and mold you and shape you. And, 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 and when you become flawed and broken, that's okay. He still uses you in that moment. And then he, he said he crushed and he squeezed. How many of us feel squeezed at times by God, right? You just feel like you're, you're at your wit's end, right? You feel squeezed and it squeezed and he shaped into another vessel that was to his Liking. In other words, I, I love how he says it. Shaping, shaping it seemed what, what seemed best to him. So what is God shaping us for, right, in those moments? And, what, and, when you're, and when you feel like your life is spinning out of control, I want you to remember this scripture right here, Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 3 and 5, that he is the one that's doing the spinning. You're blaming the enemy, but he's the one that's doing the spinning. He's the one when your world is, is, feels like it's going out of control. He's the one that's doing the spinning. He's the one that his hands are on you at all times. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's always there with you, even in the midst of your most darkest moments, your most darkest hours, the most adverse situations that God is there and he is the one that is spinning the wheel. And the reason why he's spinning the wheel is because he's shaping you into the image and the likeness of Jesus. And it's painful, but there's purpose behind the pain. In Romans 8, 29, he says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. And I think that's a picture of his patient love. It's a picture of God. And he's the artist, and we're just messed up lumps of clay. But he's the one that's shaping, molding, 
sometimes it doesn't feel good squeezing, pressing, shaping us so that we can become more like Jesus. I know I flew all this way to tell you that adversity's coming. And I know it's super exciting to hear that. It's so like we haven't had adversity over the last three years of our life. Come on. Through COVID, through all of the stuff that's happening, the culture, the, the culture wars and all the stuff that's happening. Or like, like, it, like you came all this way to tell us there's more adversity coming. I'm telling you there's more adversity coming. Just be ready. Just seek the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your, all, your, all your ways and he will direct your paths. I'm just promising you that even in the midst of the chaos that's happening around you, it doesn't have to hap- be happening in you you. We can be at peace with whatever's taking place around us because of what Jesus is doing in us. And so adversity teaches us in those moments to trust God, but also adversity in our relationships teaches us to forgive. Come on, somebody. Ooh, this is a tough one. Because we all have adversity moments in our relationships with one another. Come on. And all the married couples in the house said amen. They're not saying amen. Okay. (laughs) They're not in agreement with that. I rebuke you, pastor, in Jesus' name. Okay. But you're you're going to be hurt. There's no perfect church. There's people that are going to say things intentionally and even unintentionally that are going to hurt you. And some of us in here have, have felt the abuse of words over your life. It could be from your, your parents. It could be from a teacher. It could be from a pastor. It could have been from some authority figure over your life. Because words are powerful. Words cut. But God has called us to forgive and when we allow the words to sink in and we, we hold forgive, giving forgiveness to someone else, in Hebrews 12, 15, it says, see to it that no, no one falls short of the grace of God. That on one, be like a bitter root springing up and causing trouble and defiling many. So there's this bitter root if we allow it to take hold of our life, if we don't forgive. I'm not saying forget. Whoever says forgive and forget, that's, that's, listen, Jesus forgave, but he still bears the scars on his hands and feet. Okay? He didn't forget what they did, but he did forgive. I'm not telling you to forget, but I am telling you that we have to release. We have to forgive. Because it's not just, it's, it's not just for them. It's really for you. It's really for you because, because if you allow that bitter root to grow in your heart and your life, what will happen is, is it will it'll, it'll flow out of you. That whatever's in you will, will eventually flow and seep out of you. 
And I would much rather you be a river than a reservoir. Because a reservoir becomes stagnant when you hold things in and when you, when you hold things against people's lives and you hold uh, uh, things that they've done to you and you hold that against them, you, you start to become a, a reservoir. But Jesus said, I want you to be a river because he said, out of your inmost being shall flow forth rivers of living water. So adversity in our relationships, it teaches us to forgive. And the one thing we need to remember is, and what I just shared with you is remember that God has forgiven me so I can forgive someone else. Listen, Ephesians 4.32 says, forgive each other just as Christ, God forgave you. That all of the adversity we go through, that Jesus himself went through it as well. Remember, he had the heart on the cross to say, you know what, I know what they've done here today, Lord. I've taken the sins of the world, Father, upon me. But Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus showed us how to forgive in the midst of adversity. And who you become is not determined by your adversity. The outcome of your life will be determined by your outlook on life. Because our adversity is not the enemy, really our adversity is the way. And so if it, our adversity is the way, I'm going to leave you with a few things, two things to be exact. And I'm going to go through these things quickly because I see the time is getting away. Number one is this, we need to reframe our adversity with the frame of Scripture. This is why it's so good and important to understand God's word in moments like this. And I'm not, a, I'm not a, the son of an interior decorator for sure. Um, but I do know that if you, whatever frame you put around the picture can bring out the colors in that particular, particular picture. Whether it's a black frame, a white frame, a blue frame, whatever, it can bring out certain colors. And, and the picture itself can look a little different each time you put a frame around it. And so what I want to do is I want us to reframe adversity with the frame of Scripture. Because I think it will help us see our adversity in this, in this way. Let's, let's reframe persecution. Uh, Matthew 5.11, Jesus said it like this, blessed are you. When people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. He says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. So in other words, so in other words, where there's persecution in your life, we have to go and look at this scripture because when we reframe it with the scripture, when we reframe persecution with, with scripture, we see it a little differently. That we can, in those moments, blessed are those who, who insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. I know what you want to say back to them because I would like to say it back to them. But Scripture tells us something different. How about trials in our life? James 1-2 says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that, so that you may be mature and complete and lacking 
in nothing. No one likes to hear that we're going to go through trials and tribulations, but, but James makes it very clear that, that this is a good thing, that we're facing trials and tribulation because it's going to develop something. It's going to develop perseverance, and through that perseverance, God is going to finish his work so that we're not lacking in anything. Well, let's reframe adversity. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles. He comforts us in our troubles. Why? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So in other words, adversity expands our capacity to serve others. See how scripture reframes trials reframes persecution, reframes adversity. There's so much that God wants to do in your heart, in your life. It just reminds me of the story in Joseph in the book of Genesis, where he was faced with adversity. His brothers threw him in a pit now I have to say, he did tell his brothers before they threw him in a pit that, hey, one day you're gonna bow down to me. It's probably not good if you're the youngest to say those things to older brothers. But regardless, they threw him in the pit. And he went from the pit to a place that sold into slavery and, and he excelled there and, and Potiphar's wife falsely accused him of something and then, and then this, this repeated thing and he's thrown in prison and, and, he, and, he, and he, he's in there and he's thriving in prison and then all of a sudden he, he says, hey, remember me when you get out here, this is what I did for you and, he, and the guy forgets about him and he, he stays in prison until, until he's delivered from that. If you want to go from the pit to the palace, or if you want to go to the pit to the platform, you're going to face adversity. You're going to face difficulty. And along the way, you're going to have to learn how to forgive others. And you're going to have to learn how to trust God in the moment. Regardless of what's taking place around you, what matters is what's taking place in you. It's allowing God in these, in these space, in, the, in these moments to really bring you about to a place of, of trusting in him. You know, we live in a culture now that's really not trustworthy of one another. We really don't trust each other. But if we're gonna make it through this life, we're gonna have to, begin to trust, and it starts with trusting God first in your life. It starts with trusting Him and placing your faith in Him and what He did for you on the cross. 
trusting that God has your best interest at heart. Like, like he's the one that even, even though there's moments, and I know, I know I've struggled with this myself. God, I don't really see what's happening in front of me. And I don't, I don't really see the clear, the clarity in my life that I'd like to see. God, what is it? And sometimes it's just a matter of just taking that step toward him not away from him because we have a tendency to back off. We have a tendency when God, when you don't feel and experience uh, the presence of God in your life consistently like you used to, you have a, we have a tendency to just to step away from it instead of lean into it. I'm gonna encourage those who've been in the faith a long time to continue to lean into God. Listen, if you're not dead, God's not done. If you have a pulse and you're breathing, God is not done with you. You have a purpose. To those who are new to the faith. When the seed is sown in your heart through God's word, don't let the enemy come in and, and rob and steal that. Continue to open up your heart to him and allow the seed to take root and allow it to start to grow. And even though you face adversity and, and, and trials and tribulations around you and, you and you're just new to the faith and you're like, I didn't know. See, I want you to understand something. When Jesus, when Jesus was baptized in Luke's gospel chapter three, and the voice of heaven came and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He went from baptism to Luke's gospel chapter four to a battle. 40 days in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Those three things. He went from a baptism to a battle. And sometimes it's like that. And it's not that the enemy's after your soul. He wants to make you feel like you have nothing to offer God and that you're not a part of the plan in the earth of what God wants to do. And if he can render you useless, he's rendered you powerless. He wins. You get to go to heaven? Sure. But that's not why we're here. We're here, as Pastor Shane Willard always, always says to you guys, and he says it to me all the time, we're here to bring heaven to earth. That's our purpose. So how much heaven do you have right now? Are you showing in the earth? Are you, are you showing enough that where, where, where there's hell that you're stepping into hell and bringing heaven in it? Exactly what Jesus did. He stole the keys of hell and of death. He robbed the grave. And he says, you too can be resurrected. Your life can be resurrected as well today. All we have to do is put our faith and our trust and our hope in him. And he too can resurrect the dead areas of your life. If we could just bow our heads just in, 
in a word of prayer just for a moment. Maybe you're here tonight and you just feel so disconnected from God. You just feel, God, you know, I, I just feel so far away. And maybe you're just starting to come back to church. Maybe you, you went to church and you tried it. It just didn't, felt like it didn't do anything in your back. And you, you know there's something more for your life. But you feel so disconnected from it. I, I promise you that scriptures tell us that he is close as the air that we breathe. In this moment, he wants to bring heaven to everywhere there's hell on earth in your life. He wants to connect the disconnected. He wants to heal the brokenhearted. He wants to, 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 to break through some of the walls and some of the chains that, that kind of have over your life. It's just kind of this stronghold that's over you that God wants to break that off of you. And you just feel like, God, you're so far away. I don't sense you at all. every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, pastor, can you pray for me that I can connect with God in this way? If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand up real quick. Nobody looking just in the room. Yes, I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Good, 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 good. And maybe you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ. You say, you know what, I want to respond to this. I want to give my life to something greater than myself. Because I've tried to fix myself. I've tried to, I've tried to uh, overcome my addictions. I've tried to do all these things in my own strength, but I can't do it. I need someone greater than myself. I promise you when you give your life to Jesus, I'm not promising you a life that will not be filled with adversity. What, what, I, what I will promise you is this, is that he will give you the power to get through the adversity so that you can be an overcomer. We don't have to play the victim anymore. If that's you here tonight, if you, if you just say, you know what, I wanna say yes to Jesus in my life. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Is there anyone like that tonight? Just lift your hand up. Is there anyone like that tonight? Good, 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 okay, good. Father, I just thank you right now for those who lifted their hands, Lord, and just feel like they're disconnected I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just reveal yourself in such a powerful way that when they walk out of this place, they'll never be the same again. And when they lay their head on their pillow tonight, that God, that you will just begin to speak to them and speak to their heart and their life as they open up their life to you, God. We just lay down anything that is creating resistance, that's creating a wall, a separation, God. I, I just pray, Father, that you would just break down those walls and a feeling of separation from you because your heart is to connect, not to disconnect. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you just show them, God, as they lean into you in this moment, in this time. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for what you're doing in their heart and their life. become more real to them than ever before. 
it's in your name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand tonight. Come on. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.